0: This is the shift podcast,
1: the shift daily podcast, we talk about bears biting bottoms. No, seriously, it's a thing from are you okay? Also, a seagull eats a guy's tongue after a woman bit it off in a street fight. You know, good wholesome stuff. Also on the shift daily podcast coming up. We've got travel blogger Natalie Preddy. Uh, Natalie Prady talks to us about having a biracial family and being a biracial child, what that means in today's world, what it looks like for her family. Sir Christopher Gilbert joins us on the show as well. The International Dispatch, kids at Catholic school kicked out for mom's side porno hustle. It's the Shift Daily Podcast When you listen all like that. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one. Maddie, I think we need to check in on the moon dial. Because uh, the uh, good news in the form of "Are you okay?" time. What do you think?
2: Uh, yeah, let me uh, see what's happening here. Uh, here goes. Moon dial, moon dial, moon dial. All right, come on. <laughs> I'm we ready. Get, Let's
3: do we it. We need
1: to get you a kazoo. That's good.
3: <laughs> oh, that that would sound horrible on AM radio, but I'm
1: all for it. All yes.
3: for it. Are you okay?
1: Aaron says, I usually listen to the show on 630 Chad, but after the game, I switch over to CHQR or CJOB. Don't really want to miss you guys. Thanks, Aaron. That is nice. That's the glory of uh, the prairies eh? in Canada Flatland in the wintertime with AM radio. (laughs) We basically reach Russia.
2: Yeah, you can can basically get get any radio station out there. I love it. Okay, anyway, sorry. Distraction.
1: Uh, Are you okay? Are you okay with rink side interviews?
2: Um, I'm not up in my sports, so what is, like, is it just, are there interviewing a player, or are there interviewing a coach, or what's going on here?
3: Either or, yeah, either yeah. or. I would say it generally a they're a waste of time. truly magical thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you get those moments, right? Nine times out of ten, it's, oh yeah, we gotta get the puck in deep, you know, we gotta get more shots, I think the boys are doing alright there, blah blah blah. It's nine yeah. times out of ten, but sometimes there's just this moment that makes you feel... It was so good because it's so stupid or so funny or the player just breaks out and does an insanely accurate retelling of the game out of nowhere. So yeah. it's fun to watch and see
1: what happens. Yeah. yeah, it's like classic Don Cherry, though. It's like, you know, the secret of the game here is uh, you got to get more pucks in the net and score more goals than the other team. Sort of Don, It'd Don be Cherry. A good thing, right?
3: kid. It'd be a good Canadian
1: kid. it be a good Canadian kid. Okay, so. David Pasternak just wanted to dance with his friends. <laughs> How's that for a lead in? The Bruins forward notched a hat trick Sunday in Boston's 7 3 route of Philadelphia Flyers, Lake Tahoe, as part of the outdoor series. Pasternak's impressive performance earned him an interview with the NBC sports crew after the game. But the 24 year old wasn't very happy about his, this responsibility that he had to do. Why do you ask?
4: Come on, Barbie, let's go party. I'm a Barbie girl in the Barbie.
1: Come on Barbie, let's, let's go, go party. party. So, he hmm. was listening to Barbie Girl and rocking out. The Bruins went all out with the 90s look before the game. I kind of thought it was more of an 80s look cuz they sort of had that little bit more retro throwback, but it was cool. And it appears they kept that theme going with their post-game
3: playlist. Why are you wearing the glasses now? I assume it's <laughs> I assume it's not sunny. Uh, or is it just just you enjoy you enjoy having them on? Well, we
2: were listening "Barbie Girl" before you guys asked me to the media, so I was kind of dancing with his glasses out in the locker room, and, and then you guys ruined it, and I had to go answer the <laughs> question, So I missed the "Barbie Girl" <laughs> song, and uh, you know who knows what's gonna be on when I come back. Whoa,
3: <laughs> man, that was brutal. He was not happy about having to do that interview. <laughs>
2: I love it though.
1: That's that's the way it should be. See, yeah. if all the interviews were like that, but you guys ruined it, who knows what's gonna be playing when I get back? Um, I think that that was. Um, I think that was, uh, that's exactly why I would listen to that one, right? That, that for me is, that's where I would listen. That's a ringside interview. It's awesome. David Pasternak and Barbie girl. Well done. Are you okay? (laughs) Are you okay with bears?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, bears are very handsome gentlemen. Sorry. Uh, the animals yeah bears are wonderful you know just uh <laughs> if, if y'all know what i'm talking about out there yeah. um yeah no bears are bears are wonderful they're as long as you leave them alone and yeah. just give them plenty of space to just do their bear thing as long as they're not trying to eat your trash i guess but yeah you know it's
3: um respectful yeah or yeah.
1: your or your or your arm yeah, yeah or your
3: arm or all um
1: around. yeah right okay uh, does a bear sit
3: in the woods? That's a typo. Nope, that's <laughs> nope, that's supposed to be there because you'll see okay. why when you read the rest of the story.
2: All right. Does a bear yeah. sit in
1: the woods waiting for you to poop? Um, an Alaska woman learned the answer to that question the hard way last week when a bear bit her bum from inside an outhouse toilet <laughs> uh, in the state's backcountry. NBC9 News in Alaska spoke with the uh, unlucky woman.
0: It's a funny story to share because it's like obviously a little bit personal, but it's such a good story that I'm like, I don't care.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's what Shannon Stevens says now about a weekend she'll never forget. On Saturday, Shannon was camping with her brother at his yurt near Chilkat Lake in Haines. She made a trip to the outhouse sometime after dinner and discovered she wasn't alone. Went into the outhouse. Um... Sat down on the toilet and immediately something bit me. That's right, bit her right on her bottom. Shannon screams, brought her brother running to the outhouse to see what was going on.
0: I asked, "What bit you?" And she said, "I don't know." And
1: then uh, I asked, "Well, where is it?" And she said, "It's down in the hole." And uh, I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the lid and see what's down there." And so I grabbed my headlamp and I open the lid, and right there is a a big bear face just staring back at me, a cinnamon-colored bear face, um, which I was not expecting to see.
3: I, I, I would like imagine. to just say,
1: um, if the bear's in the outhouse, it's probably just a brown bear.
3: Oh, oh boy.
2: It's too bad it's bitter in the backcountry, though. That sucks.
1: <laughs> Shannon says she learned a valuable lesson while watching her butt in the backcountry, especially when it comes to using the toilet. I'm definitely going to look down in the hole next time, she said, which is even worse. Don't look down the hole. No one does. Because if you that. look in the hole of the outhouse, you're never going to use the outhouse. Uh, we have time for this one? Oh, this is a good one. We're going to save this one for after the break, I think.
2: Yeah, because yeah, do um, it when we come back, yeah. Yeah, we could yeah
1: we're going to... Go ahead, Maddie. Sorry, didn't mean to step on you.
2: No, we, we could kill time for a minute doing something. Yeah. Um
3: we got a lot of bear puns. A lot of a lot people of just texted in bear puns. Bitter on the bear bottom, it was grizzly.
1: <laughs> that lady needs to grin and bear it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty good.
1: A bear biting a bear, what a
3: bummer. <laughs> oh, you guys are funny. Um Troubles of Bruin down at the outhouse. That's my favorite. That's really good. Genius.
1: I love this stuff. Um, That's the unholy goalie in Edmonton. Before we get to this next one, I got to throw a couple more out there. Do it. Text from uh, Calgary. I guess it was a poo bear.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, very good. Very Very good. Um,
1: There was a couple of other um, bear necessities, Dr. John jokes, and there was also a couple of Winnie the Pooh. Uh, jokes about the bear that bit the lady's bottom okay um are you okay are you okay with dave scott coming up next space start radio just asking because i am
2: oh i am i'm looking forward to
1: hear about the woo
2: i've been missing the woo yeah
1: okay let's get this um let's get this out of context clip to start this are you okay first You will now spend the rest of your life haunted by a Tostito-addicted seagull. The point is, whatever the reason to live
4: by the water, many do... Oh, for fuck's sake! You've got to be kidding me! I don't have any Tostitos! I've been telling you that for six years! Look, no
1: Tostitos! No Tostitos! Get out of here! Get out of here, you fly beach (laughs) rats! That's John Oliver. Um, Are you okay with flying beach rats
2: uh, No, not when they're trying to eat my uh all my my turtles and stuff
3: <laughs> yeah i still have nightmares of the swarms of them trying to take my fries when i was at sobble beach in ontario they're they're monsters man okay so i'm going to read this story to you and um
1: you gotta follow along because it is mind-blowing are you okay story a Scottish woman bit off part of a man's tongue in a wild street brawl and a seagull promptly swooped down, according to authorities, and ate it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, 27-year-old Bethany Ryan fought with James McKenzie, a stranger in Edinburgh, on August 1st, 2019. Prosecutor Susan Dixon told a local court that after McKenzie walked towards Ryan with a clenched fist, she inexplicably kissed him, then chomped off a three-by-two-centimeter piece of his tongue. Oh. Then she spat out the bloody chunk of tongue, and a bird plucked it off the ground and ate it, making reattachment surgery impossible, she said.
3: Oh, no. Just be with that for a moment. No, no. Don't like that.
2: (laughs) But, hey, I mean, good thing she defended herself.
1: Uh, Ryan, who was arrested, pleaded guilty to the assault this past Thursday. According to the uh, news outlet, it is not clear what prompted the fight. Uh, The lesson here is if you're in a street brawl and someone comes up to kiss you, don't trust them.
2: Also, that seagulls love tongue. That's weird.
3: <laughs> the seagull's are gonna be looking around that street for the next six years. All right, where can I get more of that tongue?, okay. And then we're gonna have to get cow tongue and throw it out to because it'll never ever forget where it got the food.
1: Can you get a trunk tongue transplant?
3: No, I wonder if they'll like shrink his tongue, you know, like they'll use surgery to like collapse in on itself where the chunk is missing. And now he's got a mini tongue and then three centimeters by two centimeters centimeters is quite large though. That's, uh,
1: I mean, that's pretty big.
3: That's really, really gross. Pretty big chunk of tongue. I can just like,
1: like, how hard do you bite on that?
3: That, that That is an aggressive, that's what I was going to say. This woman was angry. She's just like, what do you think you're doing? And then runs over and just. Yeah. Like, and then.
2: See you go. Bye.
3: Man, oh, man. Oh, my God. that you entire story. Hear, the second the tongue got picked up by the bird, you could actually hear the music <laughs> that was going on. And it was just the curb your enthusiasm theme. The second it picked it up. Oh,
1: my goodness. What happened to your tongue? (laughs) Seagull ate it.
3: This is The Shift Podcast.
1: So many conversations we've shared this month with friends, friends of The Shift, uh, friends of mine, and I've been able to introduce you to, to many friends. Now, there's one lady that I met through The Shift, and actually it's her travel experience that that originally brought us together. Uh, Natalie Preddy uh, is in Ontario. Uh, she does lots of stuff on TV in Toronto, and you'll see her all over the place. Travel is not something that's really talked about a whole lot these days, but it's probably good timing, I would say. Uh, Natalie is a mom of an army of children. You're probably going to hear them in the background. We're, and this is the best. Um, we're, this is real life working from home, and what's going to happen is we're going to have conversations, and there's going to be kids in the background.
0: You oh, turn into the dinosaur. okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: how's that perfect timing? Yeah,
0: how's that for it. timing? Mommy oh, cool, buddy! I can't wait to talk about it after this. Okay. Oh wow! Sorry, I just became a velociraptor.
1: Did you? uh Oh, the mommy velociraptor.
0: <laughs> yes. Um,
1: the um, you have babies, and you'd shared on your Twitter uh, your family history. I know you've actually brought your dad. Did you bring your mom and your dad on TV with you to talk about your family yeah. history?
0: Yeah, they've actually been, um, been on a few times, um, when the, the subject of my, the essay that, you know, that we're going to talk about, um, when this first happened, uh, they came out and talked about, uh, the effect, um, of being, uh, of raising, uh, mixed race children, um, what that was like, uh, on both their kids and also the community. And then of course, Black History Month, um, we, you know, that's when the phone starts ringing yeah. and, and, you know, we uh, were invited to, to talk about it again.
1: Well, and and we don't, I've been very clear that I don't want the topic of black history month to be a hallmark holiday on this show. Yeah. The same time though, uh, it is an important conversation. I think it's a bit of a free pass to flex the muscles, if you will, to work out the race conversation yep. in ways that we, we, we may not have been comfortable with in the past because, yeah. Hey, look, just call it for what it is. Uh, it has been so taboo that to get it wrong, that some people are even afraid to have the conversation. And yeah. and so I, I just thought we could sort of bring this up now. It is it is Black History Month. I don't want it to be the Hallmark holiday by any means, and I don't yep. want it to be um, any of these things that that are you know a distraction from the real conversation. So maybe tell us about your um, tell us about your your family in particular, and why this conversation matters to you. Because I know that you've shared a lot with Kamala getting voted down in the States too, and the impact of that, not only as a woman, but with your family background.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, uh, that was a very um, emotional moment for me. I, I didn't anticipate being moved quite so much when, you know, Kamala was um, sworn in as vice president. Um, but I, my dad's Jamaican, my mom is from England. They're both immigrants to Canada. Um, and I am a uh, biracial woman who, depending on the season can be white passing, (laughs) uh, in the summer, I definitely can't, well, you know, I still could be, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm white passing. Um, and, uh, and I feel as though, um, for a lot of my life, you know, my parents always said, you know, you are you, you are, you are Natalie, you are great. You are made from love. You are love you know etc which is was always nice and something to come home to but when i left the safety of my parents home um it wasn't quite the same so you know being being white i wasn't quite white enough to be completely white but not black enough to be completely black so i kind of lived in this limbo this um yeah, this I kind of walked this I don't know through through a park uh, through a pathway completely blind. Um, I I didn't know how I was supposed to be, and it's nothing that I could ask my parents about. You know, um, my dad had his own experiences being black you know, in Toronto, um, with, uh, police and with racial bias and with ignorance and, you know, just, just racism in general. He's dealt with a lot of it. Um, and then, you know, a blonde hair, blue eyed mother who had never had experienced anything like that and lived in and continues to live in this kind of world, which, you know, in to her, you know, it's, it makes sense that we are all, um, that we are all made from love, that we, we are beautiful people and, and every, you know, we don't see color and things like that. So, um, it was tough growing up and not really having anyone to look up to, you know, I was the oldest of three kids and, I didn't know anyone else who looked like me, who, um, was going, had the same issues. You know, there weren't a lot of biracial people older than, older than me because it wasn't allowed. Um, but also, you know, I just, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin in finding them. Um, so I, I've definitely struggled with that. And throughout, you know, the black lives movement that we saw this summer, I feel like it kind of gave me the opportunity and the permission to, um, to try and identify myself. You know, I feel like for so many years I've been, you know, forced to try to figure out, am I, am I black? Am I white? Um, And it kind of gave me the chance to explore it further, to speak to other people, to meet other people who feel the same way, even though it was virtually uh, because of COVID. I feel like I have been able to further understand what it means to be biracial and um, what representation means, that there are people out there who still don't know, who are struggling, who are living in this limbo, and they want someone they need someone to look up to someone to see someone who looks like them to understand, um, the emotions that they're, that they're dealing with, um, about this lack of identity. And, um, and so I've been trying to figure it out. And part of my therapy, I guess you'd say would be is speaking a lot about it. Um, through my blog, um, on radio, on TV, I've been on a few panels about it and I, I don't really have the answer, which is probably why I'm still writing about it and talking about it and everything, because I think it is, it, it is a really tough and fairly new space to be in. And I'm, and I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out.
1: (laughs) Well, and, and to your point um, let's just talk genetics one quick second. So you have a black father and you have a blonde haired baby.
0: I do. Right? So, I, do. I mean, so
1: even in that, um, sort of, you know, um, <laughs> hi, uh, Natalie has a, a brand new baby just a few months ago. How old are we now?
0: He is five months has old, five months.
1: Hey, cause I, that's when yeah. I first met you. It was like three weeks after that, I think.
0: Yeah. I had just had him. Oh, so good.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, this is, this is the reality of, of, of what this looks like in today's world. And So most people I would imagine won't even think twice about sort of that, um, that sort of group of people sitting at a table, having dinner as a family at the same time, though, (laughs) how do you explain to, how do you explain to your babies that, Hey, just so you know, your family history, um, even two generations ago was something that was quite frankly (laughs) frowned upon. And that's what built this family is that kind of love.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, my kids are still so young, but, you know, my oldest son, who is four, um, he's in JK and he has started asking questions and about, you know, skin color. And he asks, you know, my husband took him to meet uh, or, you know, to see a friend or something. And um, he said, oh, what color skin does he have? And my husband said, I I find that so odd that that's a question that he asks. And I said, well, I don't, because it's something that he is aware of. You know, they would talk about Black History Month at school. And, you know, when he was doing virtual school, I I heard him say, um, my granddad has black skin and my mommy has brown skin. And one of his classmates said to me once, Oh, I know. I knew you were Charlie's mom because you have brown skin. So it's something that I think kids are aware of from a really, really young age now. And, and so it is something that we need to address. It's tough right now because with COVID, I can't really take them to large gatherings, whether it's going to be a big Caribbean population or um, you know, that side of our family will, will be there or any side of any family, you know, we're not really getting together. So I'm really, I'm really, um, limited to, and I shouldn't say limited, but, you know, we're looking at, um, books and TV and, um, there's a thing called buy us boxes and they're absolutely phenomenal. And, it comes with a whole bunch of resources for kids different ages that um, address race or, you know, gender um, and basically the fluidity between all of those things. Uh, and, you know, I got one from my youngest and it has things like, you know, looking at the, the emotions of a child's face. That's something you work on with toddlers. How does this baby look? But for those faces, using children um, that are black, you know, so when he sees a face, It's something he doesn't necessarily associate the color of skin with, um, you know, with a with a particular emotion. I know that sounds very confusing. but No, it actually
1: sounds really clear. In fact, I I think it's quite it's quite magical when you think of it from that perspective of a child just saying, you know, essentially with the color of your skin, you kind of look like your mom. I don't hear it. I mean, isn't that kind of the end goal in that? It's not a lot different than if you had a Nordic blonde child, and then all of a sudden mom has got this sort of Nordic blonde hair, walks into the school, and you say, oh, you must be Susie's mom, right, with the same hair. And then you kind of go, oh, you look like you must be Susie's mom because you have the same hair as Susie. Um, Isn't that kind of the natural conversation that we might hope for to say that, you know, Hey, you must be Susie's mom, not because you're black or you're this you're that, or you belong here in this particular race box, but just because you have the same features.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. But I also think, um, so, so to the, so there's two things that I, that I'd like to say here. So the first is, um, to the point of, um, of the, Oh, Sorry, to the point to, of of the faces. Um, for instance, uh, you know, when it comes to we look at basic humans, right? And you know, um, the the cavemen or or people, you know, back in the day, when you looked at people who were in your tribe and not in your tribe, you you protected your tribe because they looked like you. And people who had different color skin or have different features, you know, you automatically assume that they are the enemy, right? So that is you know, instinctual. So what, I guess what I'm trying to do with these boxes is to change, is to ensure that my kids, when they grow up, see type of, because they'll see so many different types of faces, so many different colors of skin, that there will not be one type that is, um, that is his quote unquote tribe, that his tribe is everyone. To so the second point, when it comes to family and what kids seeing that, I think that family, the definition of family is so vast now. You know, when we have adoption, we have interracial relationships, um, mixed race children, um, same sex marriages. When it comes to what we look like, I feel like, you know, and as you said, my, like my blonde hair, blue eyed child looks so much like my father, <laughs> but they both have completely different looks. You wouldn't automatically look at them and say those two are related, but yet they are. Yeah. So when the when my so when you know let's say my my father goes to pick up my son from school, they're not gonna say, Oh, you must be Jamie's grandfather, mm-hmm. right? Um and I so I think that's a a little bit of a part part of the problem because our biases, and I know you talk, we've spoken about biases on your show, and is that our biases have taught us to Learn um, a certain way and to see things through such a um, narrow lens that we're not, we haven't allowed ourselves, or, or it, we need to teach ourselves to look at to look at the other possibilities. I mean, I've started doing this, um, even you know, walking. This, someone someone will drive past me, and you know they you know, they turned, turned a corner too fast or whatever. And I start to get mad. And then I think, okay, so if I'm trying to unlearn a bias here, how can I apply this in this particular situation? i am sure I, I'm sure that I have done this exact same thing while driving. And I, it was probably because I was in a bad mood because um, I was I don't know, I got some bad news, or I was late for this or whatever. And there is something that that made me take the corner too fast. And this person may have a similar issue. So it's forcing me, I'm trying to force myself to unlearn the way that I would normally look at things and try to look at other possibilities. And I think that's what we need to do with with race. I mean, with, with race, with relationships, with families. And I think that's the goal is to assume nothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it, isn't that the confusion though, when you're, when your dad holds his grandson and they look so incredibly alike, but so incredibly not alike at the same time, like maybe when their faces are, you know, you get that photo where they're kind of snuggling and then you're like, Oh man, you look so much like your grandpa. But then you then at the same time you get that pickup from school and yeah. And then you get that that question. I mean, bias is bias has a place, right? Bias does have a place. It keeps us safe, right? Like I mean, there are pieces of, of that puzzle that, you know, are you a threat to me. It's just that it's our nature to to uh do threat analysis first. And yes. um you know, that's kind of like trying to uh tell your dog not to walk in a circle before it lies down on its bed. <laughs> it's deeply woven in its DNA to do that even though it doesn't need to do that anymore. Yes. Um, so it's not an easy, I, I only, I'm only. i not making that as an excuse, I'm just saying that no, you, no. we have to acknowledge the fact that some of these things are also deeply woven um, inside humans. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if anybody can overcome it, I would like to think that we can. What are you excited about, though, with your kids? I mean, you've got, I mean, first of all, you're just outside Toronto, so, you know, Jamaican population in Toronto, because I know that uh, some of my friends that are from Jamaica, that uh, have even moved back to Toronto from Calgary just to be around family and community. Um, Mm -hmm. it's such a big community there. And then yet if the future of the Jamaican community in Canada starts to look like your family, that's pretty cool. I mean, what are you excited about?
0: Well, I mean, Jamaica itself is a, such a melting pot. I mean, that's what I love about Jamaica. And I feel like when we're in Jamaica, we we get less looks than we do in Canada um, because You know, you have lots of different shades, and you have Chinese Jamaicans and German Jamaicans, and um, you know, Jamaica itself is just there are just so many, so many cultures. My mom calls my dad, which uh, fifty-seven varieties. She says he's just (laughs) he's a bit of everything. Um, So I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to see this continue. I'm excited that my kids are going to be able to um, to be part of. Okay, guys, just wait one second.
1: <laughs> mom, <laughs> um,
0: mom, um, I'm excited that they're that they are part of such a unique culture. Um, that they are so diverse that they get to say yes, my granddad is is black and my grandma is blonde, and then you know my husband's side is as well. You know his father is Polish, so you know they are very mixed up, and I think that's the future. I think in the future. Future, you know what we see so many different cultures and religions and and um, and and races mixing and we're learning so much more about other people and um, other other cultures and you know that in turn makes us um, better people, you know, when, you know, I think, you know, it does have something to do with travel as well, because I, I think that, you know, the more we travel, the more we connect with other people, um, the better, you know, the more, um, aware, the more aware we are, the better, sorry, my kids are okay. We're okay. As um, long as you don't the, smell
1: smoke, you're good. As long
0: as you don't smell smoke, no one's crying. Um, <laughs> No, so I feel like, you know, the more we travel, the more people we meet, the more we understand about the world, the better um, global citizens we are and, you know, the better decisions we can make and the better that we can help other people. So I think that with my kids, I'm excited that they're going to be, you know, little packages of diversity, you know, that they are going to be able to well they they are they are emulating what it means to be a global citizen and i hope they continue to do that and i hope they use um their connection to so many different backgrounds to make the world a better place and i know that's very like existential but you know i really really hope that they they explore all of these connections and they see how exciting and vast and interesting the world is and they're able to connect with people and places and make them better.
1: Yeah. I, um, I love it. I, I think it's absolutely beautiful. And I mean, as a person that subscribes to the belief that everybody is incredibly powerful, I, you know, I see that that storyline as being very, very powerful. Um, and, and also to acknowledge you, I mean, taking a stand in this is, is, is quite powerful, um, and be able to do that. I also want to thank your husband, who popped in the background there, and he's trying to he's trying <laughs> trying to herd the cattle there, and babies all over the place. So, um,
0: oh yeah, um, thank
1: you so much for the time. Um, you know, Natalie Preddy, you see her doing travel blogs and all this stuff too. But I, I think that we just learn. I learned so much more, right? When when we just have the conversations and speak to it frankly, and not worry about getting it wrong. Because we know yeah. that we're all on the same page of that power, that love that you speak of, um, and existential is cool with me. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> why? Thank you. Uh,
1: thanks for spending <laughs> the time. I appreciate it. And so we didn't even really get to talk too much about the essay that you wrote. So, I mean, let's come back on and let's do that again here in a few weeks and and um, and get more in, into what you're creating around this um, and around the babies and how how it is that as a uh, a woman with your family background. Um, how do you teach kids today in this world to be celebrate the family background and be patient and forgiving of those who just don't know it?
0: I'm working on it.
1: <laughs> Isn't that the case? It's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, such is it's all life. A work in progress. Thank you, now. Yes, thanks
0: very much. It's the Shift Podcast.
1: Doug says, "Hello, Sir Christopher. So good to hear him safe." I'm assuming from the earthquakes, uh, is he still stretching his knuckles on the wrong side of Tokyo? Sounds like a good cue to get started with the International Dispatch.
2: Welcome to the International Dispatch from our world citizen. Live from Japan, New Zealand's Chris Gilbert.
1: Now, Chris Gilbert was going to be on the show last week, but he lost his voice, which is hard in radio. So uh, can we uh, the earthquake was OK? You're OK? You didn't get sh- shook up?
5: Everything is okay. There is no cause for alarm. I am in a secure location, um, in my panic room, where I've been for about two weeks now. Nice. Um, but no, it, it was um, well. I think it was like a Sunday evening, and uh, uh, yeah, just it's one of those ones, one of those earthquakes that you heard coming. And when and when you hear them coming, you know, you hear a bit of a rumble in the distance. You're like, oh, this is going to be. Usually, that means it's going to be a bad one. Um, and it lasted for a lot longer than most earthquakes I've been in. I would say it's probably the second biggest earthquake I've been in. Um, Hmm. The biggest being uh, Christchurch 2011, which had its uh, 10-year anniversary two days ago. Um, So I was in Christchurch for that earthquake. Yes, no, um, everyone's okay. I'm okay. The house is okay. Uh, And uh, thankfully, um, the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant is still broken. So,
1: So good. Yeah. Too bad I didn't shake it back to fixed, hey?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like getting struck by lightning twice, you know?
1: Twice, yeah. Just kind of undo it. If you don't know, uh, Sir Christopher Gilbert, part of the show, has been part of the show. Uh, Last summer, he was producing the show, and he moved to Tokyo, and he joins us now with the International Dispatch. Uh, It's great to see your face. I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, Where are we going to go with the International Dispatch today?
5: Uh, Today, we're in America uh, because I I logged on to my PC. And I just uh, had a. Sl- I think I think um, the holiday season is over because I was really struggling to find interesting stories for a while of, of a January and February. Um, and now just they kind of came at me like mosquitoes on a camping trip. You know, just like... It's <laughs> flying at my face. Um, so today we're going to start in Sacramento and we're going to play a game called But Why? Um, where I, I I read the headline... And I want all uh, you, all three of you, Matt, Ryan, and, and Shane, to say, but why, at the same time. Okay, okay. Um, all right. Do, do we need a practice run, or do you think you've got it? Let's well, it if shot. we do it,
1: like, we could do, like, but why?
5: Yeah, but uh, but why? Either way. Yeah, we got a delay. Either way, it's going to be <laughs> <That's> delayed. <terrible.
3: laughs> I think it's going <laughs> to be, emotion like, carries.
5: I'll, yeah, I'll say the headline, and then, like, a, a beat, It's like, a beat, and mm-hmm. you guys can can hit it, all right? All right. Um, Alright, here we go. It's going to be <clears throat> bad. Alright. Cap, yeah, I'm ready. Sacramento children are expelled from a Catholic school. But, but why? why? But why? Oh, that was wonderful. Oh, it's like you've been doing it your whole career. Um, yeah, so Sacramento children, three of them, uh, a triplet of children, um, have been uh, expelled from a Sacramento Catholic school. One can only imagine the reasons why somebody would get expelled from a Catholic school. Um, but yeah, let's listen to uh, the side of the story and find out about why. Sacramento Catholic school, not a fan of one mother's only fans account, expelling her three kids after finding out about her X-rated side hustle. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. I'm Tony Lopez. And
2: well, evidently, a- I- <laughs> yeah, doesn't want a side hustle. Everyone needs a side hustle.
5: Yeah. Also, evidently, I found it important while editing that clip for everyone to know that this guy's name is Tony Lopez. Um, so that's just my poor editing skills there. Um, but yeah, so an an, an X-rated side hustle, um, on her OnlyFans account. Um, I don't think which that's I a side like, hustle.
1: It's probably a, it's a, I don't know. Anyway, what continue. Is it? <laughs> no, go you on. You can make no, a that... boatload of money. No, I don't want to, I'm going to follow your, I'm going to follow your thread. I'll make my comments later.
5: Shane's getting very defensive about OnlyFans here. Um, but I, I have I have to admit, I'm with you. I do not think it is a, a side hustle. I think um, OnlyFans is an important art form and a public service. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> it's it's a form of expression. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> of naked expression. You
2: know,
5: one day we might commission them. Anyway, go, uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, the, the headline uh, at the bottom of this TV story, by the way, is TV story... Um, reads expelled over side job, which is EXXX in capital letters, pelled over side job. So oh, they did a very nice pun. Uh, let's hear a bit more of the story.
4: Crystal Jackson, known as Mrs. Poindexter Online, quickly learned Hello. hundreds of thousands of people want to see just that. She was shocked oh. at how quickly her hot mom only fans account grew.
3: <laughs> we think of it as artistic or. Um, Sultry and sexy and fun and
5: playful, but certainly nothing hardcore. Crystal Jackson.
1: But why? <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not nice. to the butt why. <laughs> well, I guess we are kind of at the butt why. Yeah, um, yeah, so she had a... Uh, they, they say it's an X-rated side hustle. Um, from the extensive research I did into this OnlyFans account, um, without going through the paywall, um, they do specify, or she does specify... That there is nothing pornographic on the other side, like there might be a bit of like, like nudie stuff, um, but nothing like. Well, need I say more? As he yeah. said, um, nothing. Yeah, not- nothing exactly. graphic. Yes, nothing graphic. Well,
3: maybe. Okay, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh
2: boy! Come on, guys, get it together. It's not an action movie. We
3: can do this. Let's hit in this clip.
4: Her husband, Chris, Why? will sometimes take her photos, mostly doing what he calls normal mom stuff around the house, posing oh, in go. sexy lingerie. Then it started just taking off. And now she says she makes up to $150,000 a month from her Whoa. subscribers.
1: Wow, that is that's not a, not side, a hustle. side hustle.
2: <laughs> Cha-ching.
1: Whoa.
5: 150000 a month in hot mom
1: nudie pics. Um, that. Think anybody would be interested in watching radio people sit around a studio? <laughs> so uh, only fans.
5: I can wear a tight
1: you, T-shirt if you want.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, we can. I'm not saying. Okay. Anyway, 150 thousand a month, and I like that. That the husband, who, by the way, is um, wearing uh, black, very. Uh, thick black framed glasses with bright yellow lenses which doesn't make him look nice. creepy at all no i like yeah. i like how he said they um this photographer doing normal mum stuff this normal mum stuff includes um uh smiling at the camera on all fours wearing red lingerie devil horns and holding a red toy pitchfork um
1: I that could be a normal day
5: yeah, uh, crawling towards the camera, on all fours again wearing drapey lace, sexually taking notes with her legs crossed in a white coat with a very visible view of her underneath. Um, but yeah, it's it just picks in her underwear doing um, quote-unquote um, normal mum stuff. And just on the side hustle bit, I got a $70,000 student loan to earn $40,000 a year as a radio producer, and she's just like, hey, look, bang, boom, $150,000 a month just by being me. So yeah. I think that is a legitimate career choice. But why? But why? Well, let's find out.
4: Crystal says last summer, a group of moms from her kids' Catholic school, Sacred Heart Parish, started a crusade to get her three boys under the age of 12 kicked out of school, at one point sending anonymous envelopes of her photos to the school all these women are talking about you and it worked two weeks ago crystal was removed as the second-grade room mom and just last night the jacksons got an email from the sacred heart school principal stating her adult website is in direct conflict with the school's philosophy and they must find another school for her kids immediately they wanted my kids removed from school and they were successful in the very end
1: so okay if they're sending pictures to the school, that means somebody's a subscriber.
4: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: okay,
5: we've got a couple of clips left, but do you want me to reveal my grand theory about all of this?
1: Sure, please. Yeah, but
5: why? So, first of all, I have a question for you. But first of all, what is a room? A room mom? What's a, a the second year room well, mom? Do you guys have that? Room sounds
1: moms? like a theme for an
3: OnlyFans account, frankly. I, I just I just want to confirm room mom. Is that no, that's the, the word
5: room room? You know, you have like a home teacher, I guess what, yeah. who is like your main teacher. It sounds like they have a home mom, but it's at school. So it's a room mom. But oh, yeah. I yeah. was that's wondering if you guys knew what it was. No, maybe really like a knew. class, a teacher's it helper. A, maybe
3: a female volunteer, often the mother of a student who assists an elementary school teacher as by working with students who need extra help, oh. extra help. Um, Yeah, so it says that it breaches the school's
5: philosophy, um, which I guess is, you know, Catholicism um, and the Eleventh Commandment, which is, you know, Thou shalt not give the principal a boner, which means you're right, Shane. Somebody was looking at the pictures. So my grand theory about all of this and what I think definitely happened, based on no evidence, is that a bunch of mums were like found out probably, that their husbands were looking at little Timmy, Jimmy, and, and Bimmy's sexy mom online. Right. And they were like, whoa, you know, like little Nathaniel's friend, one with a hot mom, she's got an OnlyFans account. And a whole bunch of other moms found out about this and wrote notes to the principal being like, we're with going to withhold our $100,000 yearly donations to the parish unless you get rid of this family. Right. So... I think on the surface it sounds like, oh, this is not very Catholic, la la la." What it really is that a whole bunch of, um, a whole bunch of dads were getting red hot about this lady, and a bunch of other ladies were like, that's not on, you' all got to go."
1: Mm-mm-mm. I was but to my point earlier, I didn't want to uh, uh, blow it, if you will um, <whistles> that that's not a side hustle. It's probably mm-hmm. more of a behind hustle than it is anything else.
2: Indeed. So, uh, <laughs> Do the hustle. Is anyone... Do the hustle. But why?
5: Is anybody else with me on, on that theory, by the way? I think you're absolutely 100%. right. I think you nailed it. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. Right. <laughs> 100%. Okay, yep. cool. All right. Next clip. Let's listen to
4: it. Crystal says her kids are devastated. Now some parents are saying these kids shouldn't be punished for their parents' decision. Crystal says she'll continue to post on her OnlyFans and enroll her kids in another school, one she says is less judgmental. You're taking these innocent children, and you're punishing them for something that you don't agree with.
1: Okay, um, she can afford a private school now. Screw them.
5: Well, I mean, yeah. this school was twenty thousand dollars a year for her three kids. Yeah, um, still, yeah. But I guess, I, guess it's, I guess it's more. But look, I like how she said, I want to take them to a school that's less judgmental than the Catholic school she put them in. And she's surprised that it's judgmental.
2: <laughs> shrug. So that's yeah,
1: why.
5: Shrug that's, emoji. Yeah. Yeah. Shrug. Right. There, uh, I'm doing the shrug emoji right now. Um, but yeah, that's why our three kids were expelled from a Catholic school. A uh,
1: couple minutes later. What should was we the do name the of that White account house? again, by the way? Did you... What? Um, what was
5: the name of that uh, I, I I forget. I did not write it down um, and oh. on my hand and and save it to my bookmarks. I have no, no. idea. You'll have to go That's back and bad. listen to it, Shane.
1: That's too bad.
5: Um. Very finally, uh, I just found this clip from um. Oh, what's what's the right wing Newsmax, where the guy is attacking? Is uh, this guy on Newsmax called Greg Kelly? And he's attacking Joe Biden's dog, saying that he's not a very nice dog, and the dog isn't very presidential. Um, and it's very ridiculous. Let, yeah, it's it, it's it's a German Shepherd. It is a beast of a dog. Um, so let, let's listen to what uh,
2: Greg Kelly has to say about this. Did you see the dog? Let's. Okay, I want to show you something. I noticed. Doesn't he look a little uh, little rough? <laughs> I love he's dogs. A dog. But this dog needs a a bath and a comb and uh, all kinds of love and care. I've never seen a dog in the White House uh, like this. I remember Buddy. I remember Millie. I remember lots of dogs, but not a dog who seems, I don't know. I don't know how much love and care he is getting. Let's bring in the historians. (laughs) Let's bring in the historians. We need a panel of experts on this.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like a badass dog. Like It looks like no one's ever going to break into the White House dog. No, you and
5: do his not, name is major,
3: it's, right? Like he's it's a, so brand for Joe Biden.
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's huge, Ryan. It's like a beast of a German shepherd. You wouldn't want to mess with it. But the second thing is they're complaining about the dog. Do they remember who the last president was?
1: <laughs> no, yeah. they don't, probably. <laughs>
5: they're complaining about a dog in the White House saying that it's unclean, that it's dirty, and it's like my image. Of like what the oval office must have looked like uh, you know, like at the beginning of January this year, before Biden moved in. I just imagine like um you know that orange stuff you get in your fingers after you eat so those um orange <laughs> munchy treats that you like so much? Yep. Um, Hawkins Cheezies. Yep. Yeah. Hawkins cheesies. Yeah. Yeah, Hawkins Cheesies. And you look at the wrapper and you're not quite sure if it's orange cellophane or if it's just residue from the uh, from the from the snack. That's I just nice. imagine all of the curtains, all of the white leather, everything in the oval office just covered in like that smeared dust um yeah. from <laughs> four that and years cheeseburger wrappers
1: yeah and a bunch of empty diet cokes or something under the table thousands
5: yeah just weird things like rubbed into the carpet that's kind of off white color you're not quite sure what it is and they're complaining about the oh, dog God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right all right Uh, Sir Christopher Gilbert, (laughs) uh, the International Dispatch.
2: Wow. But why?
1: But why? Um, You're welcome. Thanks, brother. It's great to see your face. Yeah, it's good (laughs) to be back. I'll see you guys again next week. We'll see you again next week. Uh, Chris Gilbert, International Dispatch. It's The Shift. (laughs) I can't believe that.
4: Thanks for listening to The Shift
0: Podcast.
1: Make sure you subscribe, rate and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and CuriousCast.ca.